Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Hey. Do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Yeah. 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 In 2004, a 17-year-old St. Louis rapper named Jaquan released the single Tipsy, which took him from obscurity to regular rotation at every club in the country. It was an undeniable beat mixed with an undeniable hook, and it became a bona fide party hit. But as quickly as the popularity came, it vanished, thanks in part to some strange music industry shenanigans. Today, we're joined by producer and Matt Mania host G1 to the Rescue to talk about Jaquan's career, his disappearance, and the sometimes fickle world of hip hop. All right, so G1 to the rescue, you came here today to talk about the most 2004 song I've ever heard in my life, Tipsy by uh, Jaquan, who... Let's just get this cleared up right now. Is not missing, was never missing, and was very upset about the fact that people thought he was missing because there are people that are actually missing. Jaquan was not missing. He just was in a weird record label situation. That's what yeah, was going on. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he fell back after a while. From what I heard, he started doing other things, and I want to say technology. I think I watched a little something from BET on YouTube where yeah, it was I watched that. It was like last couple of years. Yeah, I guess he, yeah. I guess he invested in something and some app and it worked. I've never heard of the app, surprisingly, but you know, that's no shade. You know, I definitely yeah. wish him the best. I gotta say, this song's pretty awesome. I think the beat is amazing. It's an undeniable beat, and this song's pretty undeniable. Here, I'm gonna ask you this though: mm-hmm. Is Jaquan considered cheesy? Is it by other rappers? I, I guess nah. that's the impression I got. That's the impression I got. No, from... no, I wouldn't okay. say. Right. I wouldn't say that at all, man. At at the time, 
you know, and, and, and keep in mind, I live in Arizona, but I grew up in Chicago. Jaquan's from St. Louis. At the time, mm-hmm. it, you know, when that record came out, what you said that was 04. So we talking, you yeah. know, junior year in high school. For me, I was 16 when that record dropped. And man, at the time, that was the business. Ain't nobody felt no certain way of this, that, and the third. It's just, you know, a lot of times with with artists, it's just hard for him to follow up. Now, Tipsy is his big hit, but he did have another he did have another single from the same album that he followed up with called Hood Hop. Now that's my yeah. personal favorite, favorite, favorite record of Jaquan's. But obviously Tipsy was the bigger record, but it just seemed like after after Tipsy and after Hood Hop, we just really didn't hear much else from Dude. I think that you and I watched the same. It was basically kind of a where are they now yeah, kind of thing from, uh-huh. from BET. I had no impression either way about Jaquan. I know that a big thing he talked about was like in 2013 or something, mm-hmm. Kanye referenced liking him. <laughs> and, yeah. and that was like a big deal. But it seemed like there was some backlash from like Pusha T and maybe like the Odd Future guys or something. I, there was something along those lines, but that kind of stuff's always happening in hip-hop it seems like so the, the guys that produced that record are a couple of guys by the name of the track boys and the one thing i will say is that song at the time because it was only two years removed from the neptunes producing grinding for the clips there were a lot of people that were feeling like the track boys kind of kind of ripped off the grinding beat a little bit. And from a producer perspective, oh. from a producer perspective, I'm going to say they didn't rip it off necessarily, but I could tell that they were trying to catch that wave of just stripped down heavy drums, maybe a synth, yeah. which is a lot of what was going on in the early 2000s. That was kind of the production era that influenced me and what I do. So I, I get it, but people kind of felt like based on that, it was corny. But other than that, yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I don't think, at least not from my per, my perspective, as far as when I went to the, even now, in my thirties, when I go to the club and it just so happens to come on, oh, people still turn up all the time. That's just one. Of, that's just one of them that'll never go out of style. Yeah, that beat. Now I didn't hear the grinding parallel till you said that. Now I'm like, oh now yeah, you obviously. Thought about it, you like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh-huh. but you know what it made me think of when I when I was listening to this beat today? It reminds me of We Will Rock You. It reminds me of Queen. It's just that like heavy hitting bass and snare, you know? It's, and it's as a and, and also from a producer perspective, I listened to that record a million times and I definitely feel like Track Boys probably did sample the the main rhythm from We Will Rock You and might have split that into two drums. And did they think, I mean, who wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? So if they did, phenomenal. I, I couldn't tell you, but it definitely sounds like those stomps and that clap. Sounds like those stomps for a kick. It sounds like sounds like that clap from the audience whenever that song comes on. Those type of beats, even when you think about like 99 Problems, those ones that are almost like mix the, the, the rock and hip hop that, you know, like you said, it never goes out of style when Man. this... Jaquan beat this this will never go out of style when is this not gonna make you feel good and make it's, you it want always to party? does you'll sing the you'll sing the lyrics when they come on in the club one 
Here comes the two to the three to the four. Everybody drunk out on the dance floor. Baby girl ass jiggle like she want more. Like she a groupie and I ain't even known to her. Like, it's, it, you know, it's it was hard. I'll tell you. Well, here's one thing. I, I want to talk about the music video for this. Come well, on. Keep in mind, you said you said you were a junior in high school. You were basically the same age as Jay Quad. He was 17 years old yeah. when this song came out. Pretty crazy. And I loved when I said this was the most 2004 song ever. Within the first 15 seconds of this video, uh-huh. first of all, I was like, I was like, damn, that is the sickest Atlanta Falcons coat I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and then, boom, there it is. A T-Mobile sidekick. The sidekick won. Oh, you know it. You know he was texting everybody about the party at his house on his sidekick. And I have to say, that was the year that I got a sidekick and all my friends, we were on tour in our band and everybody got a sidekick at the same time. And we, you could go on instant messenger on your sidekick. Oh man, that changed the game. You could talk to girls on instant messenger in the van. That was was the greatest ever. Listen, do you have a sidekick? Uh, I had, I had the, one of the last ones that they made, uh, T-Mobile and Motorola did something called the sidekick slide. That was the one I had. That was the cool one, in my opinion. It's like everybody had the flip screen. I just like the simplicity of my shit just sliding up. It was black on black. I bought that because I moved out here with a Motorola Q that I had back home in Chicago. Remember the Q? Looked like a Blackberry a little bit. It was hella thin, Uh though. So I moved out here with the Q. Cricket wasn't a thing back home. That's something that came much later. But Cricket was prevalent here in 07. And at the time, I needed my phone turned back on, so I flashed my cue to Cricket, but then eventually mm-hmm. I got a, a plan with T-Mobile, yep. and that's when I had the sidekick slide. Man, I missed, that. So I missed awesome. that thing so, so much. So awesome. Change the game. Dwayne uh, Wade man. had his own sidekick, which I thought was awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> the, only pro- the only problem with – I mean – Everybody has, you know, smartphones now, but at the time, stuff like that yep. and the BlackBerry were the smartphones. But the only thing that I hated is that it seemed like when you had a sidekick for whatever chick you was dating during that time, it just felt like you, you <laughs> couldn't do anything right. Every Everything you did when you was on the sidekick <laughs> was talking to another female. Like, man, why yeah. why can't just be, you know what I'm saying, hitting the homies yeah. and you talking to that yeah. bitch. Let me see your phone screen. 2004 problems, man. But, uh, you know, okay, so you and I both watched that BET thing about Jaquan. The craziest part of that that I got to talk to you about is so some woman right when Tipsy hit said that the baby that she had was Jaquan's. Now, he paid child support for that kid for seven years, and the court never let him take a blood test. I didn't understand this part. Why couldn't he have taken a test at any point? He paid child yeah. support for seven years, and then finally, in like 2010, he got to take the court let him take a blood test. Um, and then they said, oh, okay, that isn't your kid. Why wasn't he allowed to for seven years? I didn't understand that part. Bro, you know what? I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it to you like this. Here's here's the number one problem. I don't wanna make it a uh make it a stereotype or a generalization just to, you know, African Americans and relationships, but what I've noticed a lot is there's way more what you would call baby mama drama on our side of things than it than it might be 
you know, I, I can't speak for your side of things, but it, then it might be on your side. It's really hard to explain. There are so many crazy things about the story. I mean, the, the song is undeniable, but also uh, the, the song blew up. The way I understood it from that thing that we both watched was this song yes. blew up so fast that he had a gold record like that week that it came out. And then he was like confused and bummed because he's like, why isn't it platinum? And the people are like, yo, it takes like a little bit of time to get to platinum. You just got the gold in like a but week. You already at gold yeah. like in two <laughs> seconds, bro. Yeah. You ought to be proud of yourself. Pat yourself on the back, my dude. Yeah. But then I, it, it seems like it was all this stuff happened in the same week in the way he was telling it. So he then performs mm -hmm. on Saturday Night Live while the Olsen twins are hosting. <laughs> <laughs> and and he's like trying to, he's like, he's like, what do you mean? I got to actually perform this live? You mean this is live? They're like, yes, it's Saturday Night Live. You have to perform live. Oh, wow. He's like, okay. And he's like, I'm chugging Red Bull backstage, getting ready. And then apparently at Saturday Night Live, <laughs> this same week, his record label, Arista, went, like, mm -hmm. out of business. Like, Arista no longer exists anymore. And at Saturday Night Live, before he performs, Barry Weiss of Jive Records comes right. up to him mm -hmm. with his kids and is like, hey, I have your contract now. You're on Jive now. And he's like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, oh, you, you're on Jive now. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, L.A. Reid signed me. I, I don't know you. Who are you? And and that's a big part of why he disappeared, you know? Absolute, absolutely. No, you're you're absolutely right about that. And honestly, multiple people who were signed who were signed to Arista when the Jive merger happened got fucked in so many words in that situation. Matter of fact, the the biggest of those stories would be the Neptunes, Pharrell Williams and Chad Hugo. Because oh. they had a label, they had a label under Arista, Star Trek. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, that when the Jive merger happened, now Star Trek is under Jive. And at and at this point, the clips are now on Jive. And it had took them so long for them to put out their second album because at the time Jive was on some bullshit and didn't want to didn't want to put this album out. Mind you, by the time that second album was released, that album was one of few albums to get the the full double XL in double XL magazine. That's considered classic status. That's uh Clips Hell Half No Fury. But you'll even hear Push it talking about it. You you know the song Mr. Me Too? Uh, no, I don't. I know, know, I know. Yep. Yeah, you too. Okay, we get it. Yep. Oh, yeah, oh, you yeah. Too. Oh, I okay. do know that Everybody song. Yeah, okay, yeah. Mr. Me too. If you remember, if you remember the last line in Push's verse, he said, "These are the days of our lives, and I'm sorry to them. I'm sorry to our fans, but them crackers wasn't playing fair jive." You'll hear him say that. Oh, so wow. a lot of people had issues with jive. Yeah. So I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I guess a little bit on that BET piece about Jaquan, there was. There was talk. I think there were some things that like were assumed like people knew and stuff that maybe I didn't know, you know, like as far as like what that what the whole story with Jive was, what what went down. But yeah, th that's not a unique story. That's been, you've heard that story a lot of times about multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Like people having albums shelved, like people deliver God. this album and they're proud of it. And then no one ever hears it. I've heard that in the punk rock world. I've heard that like 
you know, you've heard that story a million times. And that, Man, that, thank you. Thank yeah. you, Distro Kid. Thank you, United Masters. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, man. God, that, that, that changed the game. Oh, yep. shit. We don't have to have a label and we can just put out music when we want to. Right. Huh. Right. What are the odds for 30 right. something bucks a year? Right. Well, yeah. Like it, like him or like him or hate him. Chance the rapper kind of changed the game. You can, you can be nominated and win Grammys and shit and release your own album. Uh, like it's, that's man. pretty awesome. You know, I, once that happened, I was like, you know, I think I was still holding on. I was, you know, my band was signed to a label called Fueled by Ramen, which basically became Warner brothers. Okay. And I saw that label grow from a one room operation in Gainesville, Florida to being the biggest label on earth, like in the matter of like, you know, a few years point being, I've seen the inner workings of all this stuff just as you do. But I think part of me was still holding on to that idea that like, oh, you need to be on a record label to, to be successful. But then, you know, once I saw Chance the Rapper thing, I already kind of knew. But once I saw that, I was like, oh, man, it's over. I think that changed a lot of people's perspective, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, for the, sure. The, the Chance thing changed a lot of people. Chance, Chance changed a lot of people's perspective. God rest his soul, uh, Nipsey Hussle, when he released mm. his uh, his marathon project independently and sold, and, and sold each tape for like $100 independently on his website. And we talking about like people like Jay-Z was like just buying multiple copies of his shit, this, that, and the third, to the point where he had did 100000 all independent with no <laughs> with yeah. no label yeah i mean nothing so yeah yeah it, pretty crazy it, it was crazy when you could see uh that you could mm -hmm. uh, if you had a clever way to market yourself or great music obviously but also i don't know creative and can find creative ways to put yourself out there you don't need to spend yeah. a single dollar to mm -hmm. be successful and and i think you know that was really cool i think that you know it's a shame if bringing it back to jaquan it's a shame he had this hit mm -hmm. and he found himself in this weird record label situation yeah, he said he had hard drives just full of songs and whatever and i listened to some of his other songs i'm like oh these these are pretty cool this the, the song you had mentioned that was your favorite i thought that song was pretty cool i think oh uh -huh, yeah. yeah but i think this this song's like you said it's obviously tipsy is the the upper echelon yeah and yeah. you know uh, one thing i wanted to talk about too with this song is the mm. music video now in the song he's talking about being in the club and getting tipsy but the music but the music mm. video is a house party and for me correct for me the house party's always been way more fun I don't know. Like, you know, you're surrounded by yes, the people you want to be surrounded with and, and no weird random people. You don't have to pay exorbitant amount of money for drinks. And I've just always been a proponent of the house party. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I feel like may, maybe the, the lyric could have been alluding to the house lot, party more. A lot of this at house parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for a sure. A lot of that at house parties. For sure. For sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll let the listeners totally assume good. what you were holding up there. <laughs> Yes, 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 uh, zip, zip. Um, <laughs> hey, my, my producer, Matt's been quiet this whole time, but I, I, I did want to ask Matt, you know, Matt, Matt, Matt doesn't, doesn't partake in, in these sort of things, but Matt, do uh -huh. you feel like you're missing out by not having to been able to get tipsy 
in the club with everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but I still enjoy this song. For a really long time, my uh, my roommate's ringtone was this song playing in the background, and his nickname was Shrop. So it would just be, sorry, Shrop's in the club getting tipsy. And then it was all of his friends in the background whispering, Shrop's in the club getting tipsy. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny as hell. Nice. <laughs> Another thing about this music video that, I don't know. Maybe this is a sign of the times, and I don't know if either of you guys can explain this, but why did people at this point think that wearing a hat like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island was cool? Who was trying to make that cool? And like the 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 white bucket hat that pe- people are wearing in this music video? I don't know why why that was a thing at any point. I don't know if anyone's still trying to make that a thing. If that was popular in 2004, I don't know. Maybe you know. Well, I mean, people people love buckets. He just so happened to have on a white one, but people love bucket Still? hats. I have a, I have a yes. I got a, a dude. I got a bucket. Uh, I got a wild bucket hat for my job. I got another bucket hat that I wear pretty frequently, which has the backwoods logo on it, and it's reversible that I bought from uh, Just Blaze, which is a, a smoke shop right up the street from me. So yeah, man, I, you know, bucket hats have never went out of style. They're, especially especially out here in the summertime, you can definitely benefit from a from from a bucket. Maybe you know, that's what. The, the, maybe that, that's that sun. That, that yeah, sun you're living in cold ass yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm in Pittsburgh, Chris. so we don't need the we don't need the buckets as much. But yeah, that makes sense. You yeah, but I mean, in the summertime, you know, it'll be it'll be something fun to maybe switch up a style. But yeah, like buckets and fedoras and that stuff. Last stuff is still popping. It's it's about it's about finding finding a particular bucket that's that's unique to you and and kind of doing it's almost like for me i feel like my my thing in bucket hats is kind of like a hippie thing like you see me in the big beard and mm-hmm. whatnot so i'm like so i'm rocking the buckets right. and i'm you know what i'm saying and i'm and, and i'm partaking in things that are legal in the state that i'm in so you know it it it, it feel right when i put on my bucket hat and uh, did you, you just, know what I'm did you just and, sell and me on bucket me. hats? Was that, did I come in here hey, trying to talk? I, you, I, just, I think you just convinced me. I was going to say, do you think that there's an element of confidence to rocket that people are just like, look at him, just wearing a bucket hat, not giving a shit like that, that like wins people over. I tell you what, it'll, it, it, it'll win the ladies over. Cause think, cause, cause think about this shit for a second from a women's perspective. If you're, if your teeth are nice and if your lineup is nice and, and, and you in that low bucket hat and a chick can't see nothing but from here down and all this is nice you might get a conversation oh man you, that, 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 that might that, that might spark up a talk because the because they, they can't see your eyes they can't see your head so all they see is nose lips mouth line up if you got a beard cool if not whatever <laughs> face so they gonna judge. They gonna look like. Mm, I wonder what's to him. You know. That makes sense. Now if you get that. Now if you fuck around and you got like the Forrest Whitaker eye. Once you take the hat <laughs> off, I mean, you know, I can't nobody help you there. But <laughs> take it easy on Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> no, listen, he's one of my favorite yeah, actors. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only. I'm not the only person in history that's ever <laughs> talked shit about this. <laughs> no, I, I, I would, I would dare to say you are not the only person. <laughs> hey guys. It's Matt just interrupting the episode real fast to say, hey, 
Do you like coffee? I know Chris and I do. So if you're a fan of coffee, how about you head over to rootlesscoffee.com, which you may remember is run by past guest Jono, and get yourself a bag of some coffee grinds. If you use the promo code OHT, all caps, 10, you will get 10% off your purchase and a little bit of that money will come back to Chris and I. So it's a great way to help support the show and get a great cup of coffee. And now back to the episode. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now. I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now at Evergreen, and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, another really strange thing about Jaquan is that after this song of, I don't know if it was a few years later or a year later, he collaborated with Andy Milanakis. Aha! Which is I did hear about the that. strangest thing ever. And I got to tell you that just a couple weeks ago, Andy Milanakis popped up on my TikTok, and you know why he did? Because that was the first place mm-hmm. I saw the Island Boys. Was a video of him doing a duet with the Island Boys, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" And that's hilarious. Wow. I don't know if we want to go down that path right now, but when I I first saw the Island Boys, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Send it to everyone I know. I have this this group text with all my friends where we just send each other stuff nonstop all the time and sent that and everyone was like, oh my God. And it's like everyone just singing, I'm an Island Boy. You know, I'm hearing to the point where I'm like, oh no, why did I send this to everybody? And then- I don't know if you saw this video. They have a video for another song where it starts with their their brothers, their biological brothers, and the video starts, it's the two of them eating out two girls' butts next to each other. Like that's the beginning of the video. Hey, but like That's a great way to start a video, yeah, but, actually. But is it a weird <laughs> thing to do with your brother? 
that's a <laughs> that I, I'm an only child. I'm an only child, so I don't know. Right. I mean, for some for some people, it is. I couldn't see me and my brother doing it in the same room. But I'm, I've seen worse things happen with two guys and two girls in the same okay. room. <laughs> and it sounds funny that you would say you see worse things than two guys kneeling down eating eating ass well, at the same no, time. No, <laughs> not, not, there's not not a not a damn thing wrong with that. But to be doing it with you, to, to be doing it with your brother like literally like Look, six Matt, inches away from each other <laughs> the more i see of the island boys the more i'm like oh no we shouldn't have made these guys famous this isn't this isn't a good thing to- yeah. i don't think the island boys are gonna surprise us like a little nas x where his career is just gonna keep going upwards I'm pretty sure that we've already seen the peak of that career yeah. and it's just kind of heading yeah. down. I, I, think they'll, I think they'll still be eating ass, yeah. you know. <laughs> I, 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 hey, I, I kind of disagree with you, Matt. I kind of feel like these guys are going to get their, like, shot shot. I mean, their videos. Yeah, and, then, and, it'll, be, and it'll be nice, expensive ass yeah, to eat at I guess, but <laughs> They got different things to choose from yeah. now. Now it's a buffet when you get that up at <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I hope they, I hope they, I hope they dine upon the most, the, the most expensive of ass together. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they already are. They're, hey, their cameos from them are like 200 bucks yeah. for like a 30 second thing. I saw that the, the dude, uh, the drummer of the interrupters, Kevin got, they, his friends got him a cameo uh-huh. from the Island Boys. It was like 30 seconds long. And I, I heard that they're $200 to get them. So those guys are raking in the box and all the only thing like, yeah, it's funny, but there's such talented people out there making such amazing music that like, I don't know. I kind of felt right. like, I felt like a day later, like, oh shit, why did I spread this? Ar- why did I contribute to this? You know, Chris, you realize it wasn't you specifically that made that entire video. No. <laughs> like, if only I didn't send yeah, this but, to my text group, but, no one but would there know. Was the a million, there was a million of me texting that video to their friends is what I'm getting at. It's like, it's like, that was fair, not a fair. good thing. Like I would have rather have texted Jaquan like, Hey, we should all be listening to this song tonight. You know, this is a great song. Do we want to talk about what other people were also listening to while they were listening to Jaquan? Yeah, Jaquan sure. tipsy. Oh yeah. Cause that's, Let's you know, please. that's my favorite shit to run down. Let's please. So this song peaked at number two on the billboard charts on April 17th, 2004. The number one song at that time was yeah. By yeah. little John and ludicrous, <laughs> which was number one for 12 weeks. <laughs> That's insane how long that was. Also on the charts at that exact same time, Usher Burn was at number five. That Ooh. would eventually be the song that took down Yeah. So Usher was just replaced with more Usher on the, on you know, the Billboard And, and, and you know what? To, to, to add to that real quick before you continue, you want to know why that happened? Because what everybody says is probably Usher's most highly regarded album Confessions oh. came out in 04 and both Yeah and his other follow-up single with that were all off the Confess. That entire Confessions album was played for the It was the summer of Usher because it was literally it really Yeah was. followed by Burn and then the next number one song in America was Confessions Part 3. Like Usher had the Ooh. top spot on Billboard on a lockdown and then a few of the other noteworthy number one songs in 2004 that weren't by Usher was that you had Hey Yeah and The Way You Move by Outkast hit number one that yeah. year. Lean Back by Terror Squad hit number one that year. Goodies by Sierra and Drop It Like It's Hot by Snoop Dogg featuring Pharrell. Damn. So it was a good year on the Billboard charts. Them was all bangers. And see, I had it sweet 
I had it super sweet back in the days because I, I grew up at a time where people weren't scanning IDs. So, <laughs> you know, for, so for me, I, I guess I've always had this kind of older appearance to me, even even as a youngin. And so I kept a real low profile. I wasn't super goofy when I went out. And let's just say that I was one of them kids that when I went out, you know, and, and, and my parents after maybe about 16, almost 17, they gave me a little freedom. A lot of times when I went out, if I was going somewhere that was really only reserved for 21 and up, I didn't have to go through the back door. I went right in front. <laughs> nice. Dapped up the security guard and went, and went about my business. So the couple of times I've been to the club that year, oh, yeah, 04 was <laughs> – <laughs> oh man, did, Matt! Did you say Heya? Heya was hey just hey on the tail end. Yeah, that was so. That was like the the wow. end of 2003, bleeding into 2004. Was was the summer or the the winter of Outcast? But let me ask you guys a question because I don't think that we'll ever actually have a reason to do an episode about this dude because he's got hits for days. But I've been thinking about this for the last couple months. Usher puts out, yeah, Little John's on that, but also Ludacris is on that. And I think that Ludacris might be one of the most underrated MCs in hip-hop because he's a little goofy. People don't give him respect, but my God, does that dude spit fire verses every time that he's a guest on someone's track. You know what? It's a lot, and honestly, it's it's way goofier dudes in the industry now than Ludacris. I won't necessarily say it's that. I think it's more so of, you know, he made smart investments. Like, whenever he, whenever he would drop an album, it would always be hot. There would always be a cut. It would always be about two or three singles, two or three videos, two or three budgets that he ended up recouping at that time, and that he actually made smart investments with his money and fell back. And I think part of what happens, like everything, everything like '08 and forward, you know, because of like the streaming era starting to take off, people ain't paying attention to stuff that ain't like instantaneous. You got these guys that literally drop an album every every other week and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's it's not like the days where you really give things a chance to 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 stick with you and ludicrous had classic albums that that that's one after another oh one after another once he started doing once he started doing them fast and furious films once he became tez you know he's he started see he started seeing some some some, some bigger checks and some bigger fanfare now he's married. Now he's married to a, a a a beautiful Native African woman with dual, and now he has dual citizenship in the states and in Africa. So he got a crib out there and a crib in the states. He's one of those dudes like Jay Z, Snoop Dogg, any anybody no, who I think is a super is a super successful MC. Mm-hmm. You can recognize their voice within one Top word. Notch. They can say one word and you know it, and I, I gotta ask you, do you think Jaquan is that way? Would you recognize I, that? That's what I've been thinking this whole last couple minutes. You guys have been talking is like, I don't know if he was that guy. He had that song. He has this song, but what he does his, I don't know, the character of his voice nah, stand it, out enough. It, to, to, to be no. quite honest, it don't. He doesn't have anything that that set him apart from a lot of guys, even during that time, he doesn't have a lot of things that set him apart from a lot of guys. Then, you know, depending on, I would have to hear some, some 2021 Jaquan, if, if such a thing even exists in order to hear how he's been either keeping up or, or staying ahead 
of of the times. But other than that, if I'm just going off of vocal inflection, it's a million guys that sound like Quan at this point. Yeah, that, and that's I guess I never even thought about that. That's a huge factor in it because yeah. like that's yeah. a reason why we don't remember Jaquan, but we're no one's ever going to forget Q-Tip. That that leads to you know uh, in, in closing here. That's you know label stuff aside. So say the the Arista stuff doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Say he has a a normal career path, no no weirdness. Mm-hmm. Does he continue being a like huge star or not? Because that leads, you know, at the end of these episodes, we decide was did this artist bring the one hit thunder or was this a one hit blunder? And you know, a lot of things can factor into this. I'm I'm trying to picture a world where you know he has the normal path would we be yeah would he still be around putting out new music right now would he be topping the charts i kind of don't think so i kind of think that he had a great song and that was about it that would have i kind of think that would have been his career yeah unfortunately there's a weird stigma with rappers out of st louis it's not a whole lot of them that are still out here thriving like like Nelly is because Nelly made sure that everything that he did, you know what I'm saying, at a certain point, you know, because he even said, like, when I was doing this in the beginning, this was just me and my guys. We was just putting on for the loo. We didn't know what we was doing. And then as time went on, like, you know, when you got when you got black folks, when you got white folks, when you got Asians, when you got the the, the Spanish people on your stuff and then and then you get and then you you know what I'm saying you hop in you tap in with the country guys because a lot of your stuff can kind of meld into that world too you and Tim McGraw do a whole song together and him and I think him in Florida Georgia line and collaborated on something a few years back and that sort of thing Nelly's probably the biggest name out of St. Louis there are there are other big names but they're not on the BET Hip Hop Awards getting lifetime achievement. You know what I'm saying? That only happened a few days ago. So I, it's just something with that city to where there needs to be another, either one person or another group of breakout artists to really get St. Louis out of that stigmatism. I mean, I know a couple of guys who could easily take it. I don't know. We'll see what, you know, we'll see what the work ethic and we'll see what the networking does. But I think it's just really the, the stigma of that city. If Jaquan had to maybe move somewhere and, and, and really like branched out and maybe, maybe networked a little bigger in the music industry and tapped in with somebody who would really like believed in him and at that time when they were doing artist development and everybody just kind of wasn't on their own thing if he was really developed into one of those timeless artists that could really cross over this that and the third that'd be a different story but just jaquan on his own put it this way i just looked on his wikipedia and there were three other albums that he dropped that i knew nothing about and you're talking to a person that I live and breathe music, whether it's on the radio, not on the radio. I live on these streaming services during New Music Friday. So the fact that I didn't know about his other three albums, yeah, it was kind of over at the hood. <laughs> it could, it, it's a lot of things that could that could factor in that. Not to be super long-winded, but it's, it's truly hard to say. I'm not going to be long-winded. I'm going to say this song's great, but Jaquan is a 
one hit blunder. Mm. And the main reason being the main reason being because we've said this about bands and artists that had like super success and dropped off. This dude dropped off so hard that people thought he was missing. <laughs> people literally, literally thought he was oh, missing. Oh, that's what you would thought. So you're saying like missing, missing. I thought you were just saying missing from the airwaves. You're saying no, no, no. missing. There was an MTV news report that the record label was searching for him because they yeah. thought he may have been dead. He was a- like, what? Literally missing. <laughs> oh, that's what man. he that's what he was saying. Is like he came then he had to make a video and be like, hey, I'm not missing. There are people out there who are actually missing. I'm not actually missing. And I don't know, maybe that rumor was started like people making fun of him or something, mm-hmm. and then people took it seriously. I don't know the story. Right. All I know is this song this song is great, but I believe that Jaquan is a one hit blunder. Mm-hmm. But you guys you guys I'm, can chime in on whether he's thunder. I'm or with blunder. you on that. And I think for me it's it's like, come on, man. Like in the in the rap game and in the pop game, I don't care what the weird record label stuff is. You can't mm-hmm. be taking six years to put out your follow up album. Like that's, that's true. Also, that's just like a, you're just like signing your fate at that point. Yeah, that's that, that's true. Yeah. Also, you can't strike while the iron. You can hot. only you can only wait that long to pull out something if you're somebody of the class of like, say, for example a Snoop Dogg or Jay-Z or, or somebody like that. Cause these guys An established are, are, name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these, these guys are at the, are at the point where shit's so sweet. They don't even announce when an album is dropping or they might announce it within the same week. Like, Hey, I got an album coming out Friday. First single out tonight. <laughs> yeah. Jaquan can't do that. So I, I, I can agree with both of y'all on that. Well, before we completely sign off G1, how about you tell people where they can check out, not just the music you're working on, but the podcast you do. I'm at G1 to the rescue G the number one in the words to the rescue. Exactly the way it sounds. No alternate spellings. Uh, I'm that on every platform. That's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, anywhere, anywhere you on social media, I'm there at G1 to the rescue. I am also uh, one fourth and spiritually one fifth of uh, the Matt Mania podcast, Southwest Authority on wrestling, hip hop and everything in between. You can catch that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. New episodes will be coming soon. Matt Mania Pod, I'm sorry, Matt Mania Pod on Instagram and Matt Mania Podcast on Twitter and on Facebook. Oh, yeah. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Telephone Pole off the Punchline album Thrilled. Visit punchline.com for more information on future Punchline shows, releases, and merchandise. Punchline will be playing with Piebald in Lancaster on December 15th at Tell Us 360. If you see Chris or myself there, say hi. Do you want to hear your song at the end of the show, or do you have any interest in sponsoring an episode? Contact me at matt at geekscape.net for our rates. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit weknowpodcasting.com for how Chris and I can help make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at onehitthunderpodcast at gmail.com. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app, and tune in next week for another episode of One Hit Thunder. on a telephone pole oh.
basement and didn't know a soul. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talk to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like.